morning. Happy Easter. We practiced already, but I'm going to say he is risen, and you're going to say he is risen indeed. Here we go. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Before we go any further, I do want to clarify that Arthur and I are wearing the exact same clothes today. I know some of you were thinking it. Let me also tell you that we did not plan it. I walked in this morning, and it was too late to go home and change, and so there you have it. Um, he is risen indeed. This morning, we celebrate Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave, and we're going to be talking about hope this morning, specifically the living hope that we have through Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at a few things about hope this morning, but it's been said that the great gift of Easter is hope. After all, what is more hopeful than the dead coming back to life? This morning, we're going to look at what one of Jesus' disciples had to say about hope. One of his disciples was named Peter, and if you know anything about Jesus and his disciples, you've probably heard of Peter because he was kind of the boss disciple. He was the leader of the pack. He was always the one leading the charge. He was the guy when Jesus was arrested in the garden that pulled out a sword and cut somebody's ear off. That was Peter. He was always the first one to open his mouth. A lot of times he said the wrong thing, uh, but he was always moving forward. He was also the one that denied Jesus Christ three times. As Jesus was being held uh, for trial and tried before the religious leaders and the Roman political leaders, Peter was out in the courtyard waiting to see what would happen. And some people said, hey, you're one of his followers, aren't you? Peter said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I never heard of this guy. Tells us that three times he denied Jesus. And on the third time, he began to curse and say, I don't know this guy. Jesus had predicted that he would do that, and he said, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times, and then Peter heard the rooster crow. His heart was broken, but he didn't know what to do because he had been following this man, Jesus. He was willing to lay down his life for this man, Jesus. He was willing to fight for the cause. He had given his life to it, but now Jesus was arrested. He was being tried, this mockery of a trial. Ultimately, Jesus would be nailed to a cross after he was beaten within inches of his life, after he had a crown of thorns placed in his head. He was nailed to a cross, and he died a real, literal death. A real and literal man died a real and literal death. Scripture tells us that he breathed his last breath. That's a nice way of saying he was dead. It was official. It was real he was buried in a borrowed grave because he didn't even have money to have a place to be buried. And the disciples, Peter among them, thought it's over. This cause that we believed in, this man that we followed, this teacher, this Messiah, this rabbi, we thought he came to conquer and to rule and to reign and to be the king, and now he's dead, it's over, hope is gone. Hope is lost, hope is is dead, is what they thought. So they gathered in the little upper room where they had just the night before had a meal together, where Jesus had washed their feet, and they gathered and they thought, what are we gonna do? I mean, we're probably next. If they killed him, they're probably coming after us next, so what do we do? All of Saturday, they were hopeless. 
Then on Sunday morning, it tells us that a few of the women who were among the followers of Jesus decided to go to the place where he was buried and they wanted to anoint his body with oil. It would be equivalent for us to take flowers to the grave. And when they got there, he was buried in a cave that had a stone rolled in front of it. And scripture tells us that the stone was rolled away and that there were two men sitting in dazzling garments, angels. And they said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. And they ran back to tell the disciples he's risen. And scripture tells us that this guy Peter and another disciple named John ran to the grave. John's account of the story says, I beat Peter, by the way. I was faster and younger. I beat him to the grave, but when I got there, I stopped at the door, but Peter came running in, and he went into the tomb, and they found the linen burial clothes that Jesus had been laid in, folded up and lying neatly. They go back to the upper room, and Scripture tells us that Jesus physically, literally appeared to them more than once. And Peter, this follower of Jesus, who was convinced that all hope was lost, all of a sudden had found a living hope. It wasn't just hope in an idea. It wasn't just hope in in a future reality. It was a living hope. The hope that he thought was dead was now living and breathing and in the room with him. And Peter dedicated his life to proclaim the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the living hope that we have through him for the rest of his life. In fact, in his letter to the church, he says this, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It's right here on the screen. Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into, say it with me, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's pray and we'll continue to look at God's word today. Lord, thank you for the living hope that we have through Jesus. God, thank you that you loved us enough to give your son. Jesus, thank you that you loved us enough to give your life. Holy Spirit, thank you that through your power, Jesus has been raised and that power is available to us today. Speak to us through your word. Minister to us by your spirit. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to follow. Increase our faith this morning. For those who are discouraged, let them experience the living hope. For those who have never entered into real and living hope, draw them to yourself today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to look at three things this morning from this passage of Scripture out of 1 Peter chapter 1. The first one is this, real hope must be living hope. Real hope, the kind of hope that's going to make a difference in our lives, must be living hope. Look, we've all put our hope in things that have let us down. I said in the first service, every year I put my hope in the Miami Dolphins, and every year my hopes are dashed. Uh, Josh White, who's, who's here this morning, he, he came to me after the first service and he said, hey, the Dolphins had a pretty good year this past year. That's true. They did not win the Super Bowl. They haven't since the 70s. That's silly, but we all put our hope in things that let us down. We've put our hope in people. We've put our hope in relationships. We've put our hope in a lottery ticket. We've put our hope in 
our own abilities, and over and over, we're let down. So if we're going to experience real hope, the kind of hope that makes a difference in our lives, it must be a living hope. Living hope implies present reality. It's not a past hope. It's not a dead hope. There's a lot of people who look to the past as their source of hope. In the good old days, anybody ever thought that? If things could just go back to the way they were. Simpler times. Hey, that day is over. (laughs) No need to look back. Because you're living in today and you need a hope for today. Not just a hope that you Look back on with fond memories. By the way, the good old days weren't that good, if we're being honest. We remember the good things, but there were plenty of bad things in the good old days, too. But real hope has to be a living hope, a present reality, not just something that we look back on fondly, and not just something that we look forward to optimistically. To be sure, As followers of Jesus Christ, we believe there is a future hope. We believe that one day, Jesus really will wipe away our tears and there will be no more sickness and death. But we need hope for today as well, a living hope, a present reality. Uh, I, I came across an article this past week about an unclaimed lottery ticket. It expired on March 17th. They had put out ads in the local newspaper. It was bought somewhere in North Carolina. And it was worth a million dollars and nobody claimed it. So I got curious and I looked up. Every year, millions of dollars go unclaimed in the lottery. In 2011, there was one ticket that was worth $77 million and nobody claimed it. That's a lot of money. Past hope is kind of like that. It's like having a winning winning lottery ticket that never got claimed. It does you no good. You can say, this is a $77 million ticket right here. Who cares? It expired. And you can hold up a lottery ticket that you think, that you hope, that you optimistically desire to be a winner, and it's probably not going to win. I'm just telling you how the odds on that thing work. You could say, this is the one, this is the one. It's not a canceled check. It's not a promissory note, hope is for today. Hope can be cash, money in your pocket. (laughs) That's the kind of hope that we have through Jesus Christ and Peter who began to think that there was no hope when Jesus died on the cross, experienced firsthand, saw with his own eyes, touched with his own hands, the living, risen Savior. And so he tells us there is a living hope. We have access to a living hope. Hope is going to be real. It has to be that kind of hope, living hope, present reality, here, now, accessible. We have that kind of hope. But Peter tells us something else. Let's put this scripture back on the screen. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into, into a living hope. This living hope, real hope, must be entered into. It's not something external that we sprinkle on our bad days. 
It's not something that we manufacture from within ourselves. Real hope is not optimism. It's not wishful thinking. It's not a Tony Robbins seminar. Real hope is something that we have to step into. A few years ago, uh, my family had annual passes to Disney, and we didn't go that often, but when I, I don't like crowds, and so that's the whole, you know, it's like antithetical. Um, but we would go, and we would park in the parking lot, of course, you know, 10 miles from the entrance of the park, but the good thing is they had a little tram that would pick you up. But... Uh, me being an idiot, I would look at the tram line and go, those suckers waiting in the tram line, we're not doing that. Well, I've got four kids, and two of them were in a stroller at the time, so we had this double stroller, and it had a wobbly wheel. Any parents ever have one of those wobbly wheel strollers? Then I have my two daughters and, and my wife, and we're walking up saying, guys, we're walking to the front of the park. It's really far, I know, but we're gonna beat those people in the tram. Look how long the line is. And plus, I've gotta fold down the stroller, and it's just not worth it, let's walk. So we start walking, and we don't get very far, and that wobbly, it's doing its thing. And my girls are like, Dad, it's hot, and it's really far. Come on, come on. You're walking too fast. And meanwhile, the tram passes us by, and the people that I called suckers for waiting in line were, hey, waving at us. And I was mad at them. It was my fault, not their fault. That's kind of what hope is like. We try to manufacture our, home, our own hope. We say, I can do it better than they can do it. And we get mad at the people who seem hopeful around us, who have figured out that they can enter into a living hope, and we say, yeah, I don't need that. I can do it on my own. But real hope has to be entered into. Otherwise, you're just standing on the outside looking in, and we eventually made it to the front of the park was not the happiest place on earth at that moment. For the rest of the day, that wheel was still wobbly. But hope is kind of like that. You have to enter into it. You can't force it. You can't manufacture it. It doesn't matter how optimistic you are. It doesn't matter how positive you are. It doesn't matter how many stickers with positive notes you have on your mirror when you wake up in the morning. It doesn't matter if you listen to positive hits all day in your car. It has to be entered into, stepped into. That means step out of yourself and into hope. Think of it this way, if, if we all lined up on the Atlantic coast of the United States and the goal was that we were all going to swim across the Atlantic Ocean, we were going to see who would get to the coast of Great Britain first or Ireland or France or wherever you land on the European Atlantic coast. We said, go. Everybody would start swimming. Some people would not make it very far. Some people would make it really far. I mean, I'm thinking of Michael Phelps. He might be like, you know, like doing little backstrokes and stuff. And, you know, he might beat all of us. But eventually, we all drown, guys. It's the Atlantic Ocean, for crying out loud. Nobody makes it. But there's a way to get across the Atlantic Ocean. You get in a boat or you get in a plane. And you can get safely across. And hope is kind of like that. You have to enter into it. 
You can't manufacture it. You can't do it on your own. It's not positive thinking. It's not willpower. It's not optimism. It's not a wish and a prayer. Hope must be entered into if it's going to make a difference in your life, if it's going to be real and have any kind of power. You have to enter into hope. Now, here's the bad thing. When you enter into hope, you're no longer in control. It's, it's, it's an act of surrender. You don't get to be the captain with the ship's wheel. You have to enter into this hope that God provides through Jesus Christ. But if you will enter into hope, it also means that you no longer have to try to manufacture hope for yourself. You can have a real hope, a living hope. Peter wrote the verse that we read, and Peter was one of Jesus' original followers. He thought hope was dead when Jesus died, but he realized after the resurrection that there was a living hope available. There's another writer of the New Testament. His name is Paul. He was not a follower of Jesus to begin with. In fact, he hated the followers of Jesus. He hated the fact that they talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said, that's stupid. People don't raise from the dead. Y'all are messing everything up. And so his goal was to stamp out the followers of Jesus who proclaimed a resurrection. In fact, in the book of Acts, that's the actions of the early church, it tells us that Paul was there when this guy named Stephen was killed for preaching the resurrection. It says that Paul held the coats of the people who threw rocks to kill Stephen. And, and Paul continued to try to stamp out this early church that taught that there was a living hope through the resurrection. Until one day on his way to a city called Damascus, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, appeared to Paul. And he said, Paul... What are you doing this for, man? Why do you keep fighting against me? And Paul says, Lord, I surrender. And he went from being one who persecuted the resurrection to one who put his faith in the resurrection, and he entered into hope. And Paul defended the resurrection more than any other writer in Scripture. He was one who tried to deny it. But God transformed him and he became a defender of the resurrection and a proclaimer of the living hope of Jesus Christ. Listen to what he wrote in Romans chapter 5. Listen, the language here, Paul talks about this idea of entering into or going through. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through or in our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access, again, through him, by faith into this grace in which we stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. If we're going to experience hope, it has to be entered into. Listen what he says in verse 5. This hope, this hope, the hope that we enter into, this hope will not disappoint us. It will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Paul is saying there is a hope that we enter into, and when we enter into this hope, it is real hope. It is a hope that will not disappoint, that will not let us down, but we can't manufacture it. We can't make it happen we can't willpower and positive thinking our way into it. We must enter 
into it. So there is a living hope. We must enter into it. But how is it that we are able to enter into it? If it's true that there is a living hope that's real, and if it's true that we can enter into it, how do we gain access? How do we enter into it? Real hope comes through the resurrection of Jesus. This real hope, this living hope that can be entered into comes through the resurrection of Jesus. So let me clarify. Jesus was a great teacher. Matthew 5 through 7 is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's revolutionary. If you apply those teachings to your life, it's really helpful. But hope doesn't come through Jesus' teaching. Jesus was the most loving person who ever lived. He loved us enough that while we were enemies, he laid down his life for us, died for us, was beaten for us. But hope doesn't come through his love. Jesus died a literal death on the cross. Soldiers put a spear in his side and the last drops of blood went out of his body. But we don't only have hope through the cross. Listen, what Paul says, again, the one who tried to stamp out the truth of the resurrection now proclaims this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. And then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. He says, look, if your hope is just in some religious teaching and some nice living, you're wasting your time. It's pitiful. If there is not hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all the rest of that hope is just a waste of time. Arthur sent me a text this morning. He, he read a devotion that said, if there is no resurrection, then an Easter egg is the best it gets. <laughs> Whatever piece of candy or couple of coins you get in there, think Brooke and I were stuffing Easter eggs last night. We put a couple dollar bills in some Easter eggs, guys. I'm just saying, my boys are going to be excited when they get it. But without the resurrection, that's the best you get from Easter. Paul says, without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no real hope. You might have hope for a moment. But there is no real and lasting hope. So there is a real hope. It's a living hope. It's present, it's here, it's now, it's available. But it must be entered into. You have to surrender to trying to manufacture your own hope and recognize that. Hope doesn't come from my positive thinking. It's something that you must enter into, and the way that we enter into it is through faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's through faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's something that the disciple Peter came to understand. He thought all hope was lost until he saw the resurrected Jesus. 
And then he went on to teach us about a living hope. It's what happened to the Apostle Paul who tried to stomp out the people that proclaimed the resurrection until he encountered the risen and living Jesus. And then he gave his life for that resurrection story. And he taught us that we must enter into hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 10. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will enter into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If the Easter story, if the resurrection is just a fable, if it's just a legend, if it's just a story meant to give us hope, to dull our pain, but it's not real, then this is stupid, guys. Our gathering here But Peter was convinced, saw it with his own eyes. Paul was convinced for 2,000 years, people have experienced the reality of a risen Savior by entering into hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This morning, there may be somebody here who's trying to find hope. Maybe you're trying to find hope through religious effort. You're doing your best. You're trying to be good, trying to follow the teachings of Jesus or some other religious teacher, trying to be nice, trying to be patient, trying to be the best friend you can be, the best husband or wife you can be, the best parent you can be, the best son or daughter that you can be. But it doesn't feel very hopeful. Maybe there's some who you don't really have a lot of time for religion. And you're putting your hope in your effort. You're putting your hope in your work. You're putting your hope in your willpower. You're putting your hope in your career. You're putting your hope in your finances. You're putting your hope in your relationships. And maybe for you, they seem to come up empty all too often as well. I propose this morning that until you enter into the living hope through faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you will not experience real and meaningful hope. Not for today and not for the future either. But when you cross that line of faith to enter into First Peter says that we're given new birth. New birth into that living hope. Paul says it this way, if anyone is in, in Christ, enters into Christ by faith in the resurrection, he becomes a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. New hope, living hope, real hope. 
So this morning, what have you put your hope in? Do you need to put your hope in the resurrection through faith in Jesus Christ? Maybe there's some here this morning, you've put your faith in Jesus and his resurrection, but you still are struggling. You're looking for hope, but it seems hard to find. This morning, I just want to remind you that there is a living hope. Hope for today. But it only comes when we look to him, to his resurrection. That's what we celebrate this morning. Look, this week, um, just in my own life, I, I, I experienced some difficult things and in my life and, and some of the people around me. Just a reminder of the importance of real and meaningful hope. There's some of you here this morning who are facing sickness, who are facing relationship struggles, who are facing all kinds of bondage and different things, and it doesn't seem very hopeful, but this morning there is living hope, but you've got to step into it through faith. So I'm going to pray. Then we're going to stand and we're going to close by singing a song. After I pray, though, I, I just want to ask for a response from, from a couple people in this room so I can pray for you. So why don't you stand with me as we pray? Oh, Lord God, we thank you for your love. A love that you didn't just tell us about, but that you demonstrated. You proved your love for us by sending Jesus Christ to not only die, but to raise again. And now we can enter into that new life, that resurrection life, and have a resurrection living hope. And so, Lord, in this moment, through your Holy Spirit, draw those unto yourself who need to enter into hope. God, knock down their excuses. Break down the walls and help them. Strengthen their faith. Step into a living hope. Lord, for those this morning who have placed their faith in you, God, this life is still tough. Jesus, you told us in this life you will have trouble, but you also told us don't be afraid because I've overcome the world. So, Lord, those moments of doubt and fear when we struggle to experience your hope, help us to look to you. And this morning, encourage us that there is hope, a living hope. So I told you I wanted to ask a couple people to respond this morning. So just if you'll keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a minute. I'm going to ask you to respond just by raising a hand. And the first people I want to ask to respond, somebody who might say this morning, I've never come to a place of 
faith where I've entered into hope through faith in the resurrection. I, I, maybe you believed in Jesus. Maybe you try to follow his teachings, but you've never put your faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ for salvation. And this morning, maybe you say, I need to do that. I want to do that. I want to put my faith. I want to enter into hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If there's anybody like that this morning, I would just ask you to raise your hand long enough for me to see you so I could pray for you this morning. Anybody like that at all? Anybody that would just say, I want to put my faith. Praise God. Amen. 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 For those who raise their hand, I just want to lead us in a prayer. A prayer that would express faith. A stepping into kind of faith. If that's your desire, I would just ask you to pray along with me out loud or silently and just say, dear God, thank you that you sent Jesus Christ. God, I recognize that I can't manufacture my own hope. I recognize that I'm also often selfish and sinful. But I put my faith in the cross and the resurrection. I turn from myself and ask you to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. If that prayer expressed the faith of your heart, I believe that he saves us. That's a first step, and we want to know about it, so connect with us before you leave today through the online connect card or come see me. Let me ask this question too. Is there anybody this morning who would just say, I, I've put my faith in Jesus, but I need to experience hope today. I need to experience his hope today. I'm facing a difficult time. I need to experience his hope today. If there's anybody like that, I would just ask you to raise your hand. Amen. Anybody like that? Praise God. Anybody else like that? Need to experience his hope today. Praise God. Amen. Anybody else like that? God, I pray for these this morning who were courageous enough to say, I need to experience your hope. Lord, I pray even in this moment that you would fill them the presence of your spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive and at work within them, leading them into hope and help them to surrender and walk in the spirit to experience the living present reality of the hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Let's celebrate the hope that we have through the resurrection of Jesus Christ.